Welcome to Sunrise, your weekday podcast bringing you a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture. I'm your host, Tremel Gomes, reporting from the Florida Capitol where a lawmaker looks beyond Texas by filing the Florida Heartbeat Act to ban abortions. You think you can't get worse than Texas and then a Florida Republican files a bill. Florida's new Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Lapido, makes quarantine optional for students exposed to the coronavirus. Um, and the new rule also allows for parents who are more comfortable, you know, letting their healthy child return to school, go back to school. Florida's Haitian-American lawmakers are calling on the Biden administration to end the mistreatment and to stop the deportation of Haitian migrants. The United States can do better by those people. So I'm calling on the Biden administration to do what's right. And a federal judge strikes down parts of Florida's immigration law, SB 168, ruling it was racially motivated. The plainly false anti-immigrant rhetoric demonstrated the illegal discriminatory motive. We have two Sunrise interviews today. Democratic representatives Marie Woodson and Dottie Joseph, both Haitian Americans, are calling on President Joe Biden to swiftly address what they call a humanitarian crisis and to end the deportation of Haitian migrants. We check in on some of the top stories trending around the rotunda, plus we have your calendar of political events and more. But first, a word from our sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, September 23rd. It's Dogs and Politics Day, International Day of Sign Language, and Celebrate Bisexuality Day. On this day in 1952, then-President Richard Nixon gave a televised speech in response to accusations of corruption and use of campaign funds for private expenses. But during the speech, he mentioned checkers, a dog he received as a gift for his children. And in 1889, Nintendo was founded, producing card games until the release of the arcade game Donkey Kong in 1981. An abortion bill similar to the one signed into law in Texas was filed by Republican Representative Webster Barnaby Wednesday. House Bill 167 bans most abortions in the state and would allow lawsuits against doctors who violate it. Democratic Representative Anna Escamani spoke out against the bill on WFTV in Orlando. You think you can't get worse than Texas and then a Florida Republican files a bill. Uh, this legislation goes even farther in, in putting into place anti-abortion restrictions uh, and it is not only dangerous but unconstitutional. Barnaby Dodge reporters at the Capitol. No comments at this time. Governor Ron DeSantis, who says he did not get to see the bill, struggled to answer a reporter's question, which compares the bill, the Florida Heartbeat Act, with the governor's call for people to have the freedom of choice during the pandemic to make medical decisions without government intrusion. Well, I mean, I think the differences between uh, uh, right to life is that another life is at stake, uh, whereas whether you're doing stuff is really, uh, if you put something in, in your body or not, 
uh, and, and doesn't affect other people. So that's the, in terms of uh, uh, protecting another life. But look, at the end of the day, um, you know, government was instituted for certain for certain reasons, protect life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Uh, here, I think, with what we're doing with this policy, you know, we're really supporting uh, the ability of kids to, to be educated. And that new policy makes quarantine optional for students exposed to the coronavirus. Florida's new Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph Lapido, signed new protocols allowing parents to decide whether their children should be quarantined or stay in school if they are asymptomatic. Um, and the new rule also allows for parents who are more comfortable, you know, letting their healthy child return to school, go back to school. Um, so that's how we're going to, that's how we're going to lead public health. It makes sense, guys. It's just benefits and costs. And Florida Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran was over the moon excited as a parent of six children. Parents, teachers, everyone said if you could change one thing right now, stop the chronic absenteeism. Let us keep those kids in school. It's a brilliant rule change. And a brief tidbit about Florida's new Surgeon General. Remember that viral video of doctors standing in front of the U.S. Supreme Court promoting the use of hydroxychloroquine, an anti-malaria drug, as a cure for COVID-19? It was then shared by the president and was eventually taken down for spreading misinformation. Well, apparently, Dr. Joseph Lapido was a speaker alongside others like Texas doctor Stella Emanuel, who once claimed women have medical issues for having sex with demons and witches in their dreams. Now let's turn to our first Sunrise interview with Democratic Representative Marie Woodson, a Haitian-American calling on President Joe Biden to help Haitian migrants at the southern border. Representative Woodson, we've all been watching the crisis on the southern border. For yourself, what were your thoughts when you started seeing those images? Thank you so much, Mr. Gomes, for having me. And I thank Peter as well for the work that you are doing in order to keep our state of Florida educated, informed, as well as the great work that you're doing to serve our beautiful state. Um, being born and raised in Haiti, um, you know, I was born and raised in Haiti. I came here at the age of 21. To me, in 2021, I did not expect to see something like that. This is something that goes back to the 1600s. You know, yes, we have had this type of behavior from the 1600s and up, but in this darn age, I would not expect to see an image like that. It was heart-wrenching. I am very upset about it, and I'm trying to remain calm. What are you hoping comes out of this? The Biden administration is promising an investigation, but we are seeing with our own eyes uh, what occurred. I think I heard locally some of the Border Patrol leaders are saying they, they stand behind their officers. So what are you expecting? What are you hoping from an investigation? Anybody who is seeing you standing behind the officer's behavior, then I don't know what you were looking at. Because if you're looking at the same pictures that I'm looking at, there's no way that you can say that. Yes, the officers have a lot in their hands to deal with so many people coming to the border. You, they might be short of staff. I understand that. I understand the process. But there's still no reason for them to treat my Haitian brothers and sisters the way that they do. And the Biden administration, in one way, I have to say, I am thankful to the Biden administration for granting TPS to some of our Haitian brothers and sisters who are living here in Lambo. 
which the previous administration wanted to send them back to Haiti. And I went to Haiti a, a month and a half ago when the earthquake hit. I went there on a fact-finding mission. And what I saw with my own eyes, there's nothing to send the people to at this time. Haiti is going through so many crises. From you have heard about the assassination of the president in his own home. So if he is not secure with the three checkpoints that he had to go, that people had to go through, he went to what he went to. Who is safe in Haiti? That's one. Second, you have COVID, you have poverty, you have people who are still living on the makeshift tent uh, from 2010, let alone 2021 when another earthquake hit. So all this coupled with so much more. How are we sending people to a home where they cannot even take care of the people that they have there? Yes, I'm not saying for the United States to take, take it's so much that a country can take, but still those people are here. They are in Mexico and other country. Let's not send them back. I can understand you putting, you securing the border for people not to come in, but those are people who were already here, a lot of them. And even those who are not there, the United States can do better by those people. So I'm calling on the Biden administration to do what's right, just like he had said himself in a speech when he came to Miami that he wants to remain a friend to the Haitian community. So a friend would do what's right. And I expect him to do that because to, he's a very decent person. I give him that, I give him the credit. So, but do what's right by my people at this time because they don't deserve this kind of treatment. Lastly, what can be done here in Florida? What can leaders do here? I want the leaders of Florida to put on their human cap because I know they all have it, to understand the situation that is going on and to stand tall to say, what, to say what's wrong is wrong. Because if you stand with the wrongdoing, that means you're as guilty as those who are doing the wrongdoing. So I want the leaders to stand at this time behind my Haitian brothers and sisters, just like when we have any other type of adversity, we stand together as a resilient, uh, as resilient people. That's what I expect them to do and call out the wrongdoing and make sure that the Haitian are treated with the respect and dignity that they deserve, just like any other human being. That's what I would like to see. Thank All right. You. Well, thank you so much again for taking this time to speak with me. Thank you, Mr. Gomes. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. And, and also, I hope I look forward to continuing to work with you all in order to educate our community. Thank you. Thank you. Now for your calendar of events, the House Congressional Redistricting Subcommittee will receive an overview of redistricting and census information at 9 this morning. Also at the same time, the Senate Agriculture Committee will receive an update about how the state is carrying out legislation that calls for awarding medical marijuana license to a black farmer. The Florida Supreme Court is scheduled to release its regular weekly opinions at 11. At 12.30, Charlie Chris, candidate for governor, will hold a press conference to address what he calls, quote, reckless new Surgeon General emergency rule on school COVID protocols. The Medicaid Drug Utilization Review Board will hold an online meeting at 1.30. The Florida Development Disabilities Council will hold an online meeting at 2. The Florida Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services Hemp Advisory Committee will meet at 3. And that agency's Medical Cannabis Advisory Committee will meet at 3.30. 
A federal judge has once again struck down parts of a key piece of legislation championed by Governor Ron DeSantis. U.S. Judge Beth Bloom rejected sections of Senate Bill 168 and even said the sponsors of the bill were guided by anti-immigrant hate groups such as Floridians for Immigration Enforcement. Democratic Representative Dottie Joseph joins us to share her thoughts on the ruling. All right. So, Representative Dottie Joseph, welcome to Sunrise. So glad to have you here. I saw that you were standing with your colleagues, um, drawing attention to the humanitarian crisis um, with uh, particularly Haitian migrants at the southern border and the way they were treated. I know you had something uh, to say um, about seeing that. Well, absolutely. So as a Haitian um, immigrant myself, because I was born in Haiti, uh, this this whole situation at the border is personal, but it's about the rule of law and what that actually means. Uh, with Title 42, uh, President Biden's administration has continued a policy that was initiated under Trump's administration uh, that is just frankly illegal. It does not allow for proper processing of people with political asylum claims. There was prior litigation in which a court found that it violated certain obligations that the United States had, which ended up creating an exemption for uh, undocumented children. Last week, a court ruled, a, a federal court ruled um, that parts of it were also should not be applying to families. But we're arguing, we and the immigrant advocacy community are arguing that it should not be applied at all. The Biden administration with Secretary Mayorkas has done a phenomenal job of rolling back a lot of the most harmful policies that were implemented by the Trump's administration. And they need to add this among the list of things that need to go. Uh, the images that we saw highlight how um, just harmful it is and how un inhumane it is. So we really need the Biden administration to abandon the appeal in the case that was just ruled on. Um, the reason that they're still able to deport people under Title 42 um, and its accompanying CDC order is because the ruling allowed for 14 days at the request of the government unopposed um, before it went into effect, before that injunction went into effect. So we need them to not take advantage of this time period um, to deport these vulnerable people um, and, and properly process them. And even under their own order, on the face of the order, there is an express exemption for humanitarian reasons. And if anybody's paying attention to what's going on in Haiti, there are ample humanitarian reasons not to apply Title 42 to them. All right. So uh, what recently happened, um, the, a federal judge yet again has knocked down one of um, a, a law championed by Governor DeSantis, um, SB 168, um, and in striking it down, say said the law was racially motivated. Uh, what are your thoughts on seeing um, that ruling coming down? I feel partially vindicated because myself and lots of my colleagues, I personally consistently argued that SB 168 was unconstitutional, had no true correlation to public safety, and the plainly false anti-immigrant rhetoric demonstrated the illegal discriminatory motive. By blocking SB 168's provisions um, on the sanctuary cities policies and um, the mandate that would force 
law, local law enforcement to use best efforts in collaborating with federal immigration authorities. Um, the court has basically vindicated our concerns, um, at least with, with respect to those provisions of uh, the law. As you may be aware, some of the other parts that I believe are still unconstitutional still stand because um, they were not directly challenged in this litigation. But I would posit that the entire bill just needs to be struck down. Um, so in addition to blocking the, the two provisions I just told you, it also blocked um, the forced transport provision, which was a part of um, the best efforts section. Uh, the court found by preponderance of the evidence, and I'm just gonna quote this, um, that SB 168 has discriminatory or disparate effects on racial and ethnic minorities. And these discriminatory effects were both foreseeable and known to the legislature at the time of SB 168's enactment. So, you know, hearing those things come from the court is exactly what we have been saying. This law was rooted in incendiary rhetoric, painting a false narrative about um, immigrants being somehow more dangerous than the general population, when in reality, the exact opposite is true. Immigrants are markedly less likely to engage in any kind of criminal activity than native born citizens. So, um, you know, in finding discriminatory intent, the court also noted, you know, something about the bill sponsor, uh, some comments that were made uh, that, that indicate that even those who migrated here legally were somehow should have less rights. Specifically, and I'll just quote this from the court, um, comments evince a belief that any non-citizen that is pre present in the United States should be subject to stricter laws in order to be permitted to live in the country. So my response to all of this, and that in particular, um, is this. As a Haitian immigrant and an attorney, I want to affirm that immigrants are people with rights, many of whom migrated to the United States legally from Haitians to Cubans and all kinds of people in between. Even aside from those folks, even undocumented immigrants are human beings and should not be referred to as illegals. And um, any more than our founding fathers were illegal by usurping native land. All people are human beings. And as such, they have basic human rights. And no one should be subjected to discrimination or mistreated um, based on their race or national origin. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, the judge cited um, Senator Gruder's. And um, as you mentioned, like these are things that you were stating oh. on the floor. That quote was actually for um, Representative Byrd, but the court okay. cited Reuters, the court cited Byrd, the court cited many other of my colleagues in the 110 plus um, page order. Yeah, yeah. So on that, immigration is front and center, um, whether it's what's happening at the southern border to seeing this. How do you feel about the state of policies around immigration and where do we need to go from here? I mean, I think the fact that these two pieces of immigration legislation and litigation um, are coming to a head right now and bringing them to the forefront of the policy discussion, I think is a good thing because they're not just handled in the halls of legislatures uh, or in the halls where executive orders or people like Stephen Miller create these brainchilds to proactively discriminate against black and brown migrants. Um, I think 
the fact that we're having greater transparency about what's happening to immigrant communities is a positive thing. Now, the question is, what do we do with this information, right? Um, I would hope, for example, in the case of what's going on with migrants at the border, that um, the Biden administration would abandon its appeal of the litigation that's challenging Title, Title 42 and on its own accord, resend Title 42 and its accompanying order from the CDC um, that was basically strong armed by um, former Vice President Michael Pence. So we understand that it wasn't initiated with the Biden administration. We just need the Biden administration to do the right thing and stop promulgating what is basically structural racism in our immigration system. So that's one. As far as Florida goes, we need our GOP dominated legislature, basically trifecta to say that we need to ab abandon this anti-immigrant sentiment, the xenophobia that is fomented by two groups that the court itself cited that are, are very just, um, divisive um, and not helpful for Floridians because there is a difference between um, immigrating legally and illegally. And we can't live in a society where we are constantly trying to scapegoat somebody else. We've seen this time and time again in history that when people start trying to scapegoat a particular group, bad things follow. And we need to not do that. We are better than that. And I need them to step up um, to that and treat people how people should be treated. All right. Well, Representative Dottie Joseph, thank you so much for taking this time to speak with me. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And finally, as you jumpstart your day, thanks for tuning in for today's Sunrise. I'm Tramel Gomes at the Capitol, inviting you to join us again tomorrow for a fresh squeeze into Florida's news, politics, and culture.